You are listening to the Black Belt Podcast and this is episode 14. As always, make sure to like, share and subscribe and let me know you're listening on social media. If by some chance you enjoy the podcast but don't follow on social media, you can find the podcast at The Black Belter on Facebook and The Black Belter underscore on Instagram. Today's guest is Louise McCarr. Me and Louise have known each other for years, having trained together in the same club in Shannon Taekwondo. Louise is one of Ireland's most successful competitors, winning many medals throughout the years. Her most standout achievement being Ireland's first senior female world champion, having won the minus 62 kilo sparring division at the Worlds in Benidorm in 2013. Today I chat to Louise about her many successes and goals for the future. What's up? Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. How are you finding uh, isolation? Very boring, but uh, surviving it could be worse. Um, even went for a run yesterday, so you know things are bad because I hate running. Yeah, I don't, I haven't, I'm not refusing to run. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Magma the other day as well, and he said the same. Yeah, he he he's like running. Yeah, I'm lucky. I'm in work one day a week, so I never thought I'd actually be looking forward to the day where I'm going to work. Do you have to? And then is it just go into work one day, and or are you at like? Is it yeah, so just for um, so for the primary teaching for um, key workers children. So we have about ten kids in. So I'm just playing around with them and don't do any actual teaching, just uh, just babysitting really. So. It's just nice to get out of the house. <laughs> we don't have to send on like anything online or anything like that because it's primary school. Yeah, we we have um, Google Classroom, so we have uh, we just put up like little lessons every day. But yeah, it's not not too bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's balls. Not being able to, not being able to go anywhere. Like it's like not being able to go train. Just that's a that's the. I know you're so used to having your routine, and like my days are usually like mad busy going here to here to here, and now I'm sick of all this free time. It was great for the first few days, and all the novelty has worn off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't take long. Yeah, the idea of just sitting around watching Netflix all day was um, was a bore. <laughs> I know, I've already run out of things to watch. <laughs> Finished Netflix. Yeah, completed it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, in terms of like a uh, bit of Taekwondo chat, um, I suppose like we'll start, we'll start like where we were. Or start with everybody else, like like how you started. I don't actually know this story. Cause, look, I suppose as well, like for anybody who wouldn't know, like we knew know each other years. Like we trained trained the same club, uh, lived in the same house in the state for a while. So like yeah, yeah. Shannon Road. <laughs> Shannon Road, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I suppose I don't actually know why you started Taekwondo, how you actually got into Taekwondo. So yeah, so I would I was like a complete tomboy when I was younger. So I would have played like literally every sport under the sun. I think, I think like most people, I think I'd seen karate and TV and bits of that. So I said to my dad, I want to start that. But he had a, a friend in the club, and he was like, "Oh, you know, give taekwondo a go." So I actually started with. I had a, I had two friends over that day, so they joined with me, and then their brothers joined. So I think it was six or seven of us ended up going on the same day and sticking at it. But um, yeah, just. I was kind of into every sport and then when I was, once I got to like I think it was like about 12 or 13 the other sports started to drop off as I was taking it more seriously uh, yeah that, that's basically it how long did the other ones I started with you how long did they stay training um I got like Saoirse she stayed until I think black tag so a couple of years and we lived beside each other and stuff as well so um but the others yeah dropped off I think early in the earlier stages yeah, tend to, they tend to like there's there's not many people floating around like from when we started. <laughs> yeah, just myself and yourself really from that. Well, I started in ninety nine. What year was it you started? Thousand two. Thousand two. Yeah. So a little bit ahead. Yeah. So if there's nobody left when I started, there's still definitely nobody left when you started. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like. God, that makes me feel really old. Yeah. It's like, well, imagine how I feel when I'm in the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that, like, because, like, like, obviously the hall we're training now, the fact, like, it's the second goal, go there. It's like, there's nobody, I think, even in the club like that, we remember training there. But, so. It's kind yeah, of, yeah. It's, so, to some people, it's the first time, and then to me and a few others, it's the, it's the second time. Our second time like, back at that hall, yeah. Yeah, mad. Like, yeah, I suppose, like, the thing like 
we, we kind of got into competing though straight away. Like I suppose like you would have been the same. Like I was competing at a white belt because you could compete as a white belt then. Like you, you would have been the same, I'd say, would you? Yeah, I think white belt yellow tags straight in. And we had like a few interclub competitions as well. And then I remember you, you used to go to over, over to Scotland for their, their national championship and a few, few other ones like that as well. From a young age. Yeah. yeah. We're going to them even like, like I first went to Scotland, it was green tag or something. So... So yeah, Scotland and Holland, I remember we used to go to rugby. They felt like the World Championships at the time. Yeah, they did. <laughs> you know, Very big back, team. <laughs> yeah, you come back with a medal as a green tag or whatever colour, like eight, nine, yeah. ten. You're feeling like a king. <laughs> I know. We used to love the newspaper clippings at home as well from it. So. Newspaper, yeah, I'm sure... There's somewhere on this desk I have a news clip and like from I think it's I think it's actually from Argentina and it's mostly about Stephen winning the silver but it's like I think I got a mention in there for a bronze and team sparring or something it's like still around yeah. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't even look at a newspaper really. But like, yeah, that, that was the thing. Yeah, or Scotland. Yeah, how many times did you go to Scotland? I went to Scotland twice. Were you like, say you were? I think two or three times. It's probably the same as a yeah. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you how I did, but. Got some sort of medal at it. <laughs> <laughs> I like and uh, you obviously did patterns and all. Like you would like no, you 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 give up the patterns there. Uh, uh, this was what around like twenty eleven or ten or sometime. But like, you would have done patterns. Earlier, like, yeah, two thousand nine. When I was a junior, was the last time I I competed in patterns. I yeah. uh, retired after that. <laughs> like as a color belt, like did you did you didn't mind patterns or did you like you always competed in. Yeah, I think um, that was actually my first trophy was, was for patterns. I remember that. And then um, I would compete all the way up to 2009. I would have competed in it. But um, I think I was just a very competitive person. It was more, that's why I, I enjoyed it. I don't know how much I enjoyed the training as such for it. Like, I think in Argentina, I medaled in it. And then I, but I'd, I'd got like, so for Argentina, I medaled in all the individual ones. I got silver for spec deck and sparring and bronze for patterns and power. And I was, just kind of said to myself I'd rather turn those into gold and like specialise them too so like after that I kind of kept it to, to the sparring and special technique and I said I'd just focus and really go for gold for those two but um, yeah up until then I did compete in, compete in them all really patterns, power, spec deck and special well, did it, Would you have enjoyed those events like or would you just have kind of done because like I suppose we, like in the club you just kind of do everything like it's not really like what Adrian we, it's not really a uh, over a sparring club or anything so don't do a bit of everything like so would you have enjoyed patterns as yeah a i think as a junior i did but i think as a turn senior like i remember at squads like uh you could either do like two sparring sessions or a pattern sparring and i'd always like if i was doing patterns i'd be looking over the sparring like wishing i was doing the sparring uh it's definitely always been my preferred much preferred sparring yeah yeah i find like the squad sessions like since i stopped doing um patterns it's like the squad sessions are like the only are, like that's why I wouldn't mind actually doing patterns because. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the squads. I, I wouldn't mind doing a pattern session, but it's like after that, then the rest of the week, or the two weeks in between the squad sessions, I have no interest really in doing patterns. So it's like, what, what's the point to me competing in patterns if I'm only going to train them once every couple? Of you wouldn't do that. Yeah. With so you know why do it with patterns? But yeah, that's the that's why I kind of half the reason why I kind of step back as well. But uh, yeah, like. You're one of the first people to kind of really like come like start off doing a couple of events and go. No, I'm actually I'm going to park that now. I'm going to specialize in one. Like kind of for a while, it was just if you were good enough to be picked in two, you you did two or you did three. Yeah, I know uh, it did frustrate Adrian at the time, but <laughs> uh, I think it's paid off since. Like it is, it's very hard, I think, to be a good all rounder. Um, I think it's a, it's slightly easier junior, but I think once you're senior. All the divisions are just so competitive. I think it's you nearly have to specialise. There's very few people. There is, I mean, there is a few that do do both very well, but it's yeah, yeah it's hard. Like uh, yeah, I found myself even just just stepping back from patterns, like just going into the sparring. Like the squad sessions are better because you don't have that extra session, so that you can the sessions in the sparring go better because you get a bit of a rest and even yeah, well. even just energy levels and concentration and everything like those squad days can be long when you're doing when you're doing them all especially the way we've been doing the squad sessions recently with the, the circle of death or the dog or, or the dog host whatever name we're actually giving it like it's uh 
you don't like you'd feel it if you've done a pattern session before going into that and a, spar- a sparring session and a pattern session and then going to that like you definitely feel it but uh yeah so but even at the tournament like today that extra day off of not doing patterns i find does help the pattern does help the sparring performance yeah yeah you probably even see it though like the, with the with, with spectators well like suppose actually that's like not as mentally fatiguing as well as the patterns but still like it, it yeah and it's not like you unless you, one, unless one you get up. like the playoffs like you only have to do it once really so it's just yeah. really three it's not too bad like uh, then the first what was the first year you were on the team it was 2009 yeah so I'd been to two world cups as a as a junior but the first time we were actually let as part of the Irish team to go to a championship would have been 2009 so went to a Europeans and a, a Worlds that year yeah at the Europeans where the Europeans go I think they were Spain. Yeah, they were Spain. Been to Spain, I think, four times now. Take on though, but uh, I was to Benidorm. Benidorm, it's always the place. Like, there's no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there. It wouldn't take us to any other place, like you know. Yeah, branch it out. Okay, the Costa del Sol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, and yeah, I was kind of. I remember that time when I nearly didn't even know there kind of was a difference like between would say a World Cup or European Championships or World Championships. It was like because uh, this idea of the Irish team, I, I didn't fully know like there was this Irish team and that we couldn't actually go for it. It was kind of because we were still kind of going to all these tournaments. It was kind of going around that time. It was kind of like, oh, all right, so that's the yeah. I didn't really understand like the politics, you know, all or yeah. Like, that. So then, like, yeah. That was kind of a, it was a different kind of change then to kind of go all right we can go into the national team and then we can go to these bigger tournaments. And having to qualify and everything was. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of the difference as well. Like not just oh, you, you can just kind of decide to go. It's kind of a little bit. It was a bit different. To, you had to qualify. Yeah. Yeah. Right, you did so because of that though. You only you only ended up with a couple of tournaments as a, as a junior, but they were the only two you did at junior, was it? Yeah, that was it. And yeah, Argentina was my my first and last junior championship. <laughs> first and last. And how many, so did you say, four medals? Four and one for team, yeah. So five altogether. Nice. So, like, did you find, because then you went to, we went to Argentina then, and you, you, you were the senior female team at that one. For New Zealand, yeah. New Zealand, sorry, yeah, New Zealand, yeah, yeah you were yeah. you were the senior female team. That was it, literally just me, the only senior female. So obviously a big change to what it is now. Did you find? Um, did you think there was much of a difference stepping up then from junior to senior? I think for me it was just mentally, like I uh, that was the biggest hurdle for me, like you know going into senior and. I was fighting girls that I'd, I'd grown up watching on YouTube and like watching all the videos and then all of a sudden you're, you're in a ring with them. So I think New Zealand, like I didn't meddle or anything. I think that was just, I just needed to go out there, get that one done and realise, yeah, I can't hold my own with these people. And then after that, I was kind of fine. But yeah, like you said, I was listening to your one with Ryan yesterday and you both kind of said the same thing. You kind of need that first one at senior to see what it's all about. And then... Yeah, I was going to say like that, like even like your first one, as a junior, kind of that kind of, you know, you need to kind of experience it, but then like you kind of had to do that nearly, you nearly had a experience. It was like experiencing your first one again, kind of as a senior, it was like a second first experience nearly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that was it. So yeah, that was New Zealand. And then I think my first senior Euros were Slovenia then the following year. And I, I got to the final of that and medaled at that. And then, uh, with the World Cup then in Brighton. Would have been the next big one, I think, after that. And uh, yeah, that was that was that was a good one. Like there was a I think there was fifty-five girls in my section and I ended up against uh, a girl like Neshka who was fighting for Ireland as well. So I I lost her in the final of the World Cup. Uh, that was my first time in a big gala as well. And then I remember the following week we had to fight in the national team and I was like a beater in Ireland, like the following week, but <laughs> not in the, the World Cup final in front of second load people. <laughs> Well, who did you fight in the who did you fight in the final of Slo- in Slovenia uh, Alona Jawa 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That would yeah, have been. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that was because um, it was the all weights for that one, wasn't it? So it would have yeah, been yeah, both both of them would have been minus minus fifty eight kilos. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Show my yeah, age there. Yeah, you forget that. Um, <laughs> it was it was a different weight. There were different weights before. Yeah. Which then, like, you ended up there. So, like, then obviously going into the 2013, and it was a bit of a tough decision to kind of pick a section. Yeah. So, follow so on Brighton, like, I was always, um, I was always naturally around 55, 56 kilos. So, it made sense to me at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go and um, I'll go 56 kilos when I change weight section for the first time. But then I, I was studying sports science in college, and I, um, our coach was in the university as well. So it was my first time like properly following a, a weightlifting program. And I'd started to like actually put on muscle and uh, at the time of going over, I was, <laughs> I was, I'd never had to make weight before anything. I was, I remember being 61 kilos in, in the airport fighting 56 and I'm not sure and I had a clue what to do. So I was like, I thought you could just, you drop that off easily. So I remember training for this Euros for months, like put everything into it. And um, the first guy, I, obviously had no food no water or whatever for those two days and I was going to the sauna and doing all the usual stuff but I remember I got to that last kilo and it just it wouldn't budge I mean I could go to the sauna 40 minutes wouldn't even lose 0.1 like nothing I was doing worked at all and uh and they were like failing that way in and I couldn't compete like I remember being like absolutely hysterical like heartbroken having to watch the whole competition being like oh like I got a medal for spec tech but I was still like just devastated anyway but uh yeah, that was my first first experience of the new weight section. I think uh, I, lo- I know a lot more about it now. Like, I've never cut weight before. Like, I could have changed a lot with my diet before I went there. But I don't really think it was a weight section for me anyway. Once I've, I've kind of I've gone up, well, I'm 68 now. I've gone up two sections since then. But <laughs> Yeah, but well, it's a, it's a, if you'd known before that, like, you weren't going to make it, you would just nearly stayed at home. Like, like, you could get all the way there, like, and then... I know and then to go through that like obviously weight cuts are horrible so I was going through all the saunas and the, the horrible part of the weight cut and still not get to fight I was just like oh my god it was it was rough but uh, I definitely learned from it like then like, obviously the next the next tournament was the Worlds that year and I moved up to 62s and then I, I won it I won it that weight so yes maybe it was just a hard lesson to learn that that wasn't the weight section for me yeah like did, did that actually add like any motivation like the fact like you uh you kind of miss weight for one and then like did that like did you find that kind of kind of pissed you off as well it like I went fuck it like I can't it did and then like push on like uh yeah it made me not take it for granted like do you know when you're at tournaments and you're feeling the nerves or whatever like I was just like at least you get to fight like you know when I was at the I don't know just if I don't know it affects my me mentally at the next one I was just like raring to go and raring to get in the ring because the last time I couldn't and it was denied yeah. to me could be it could be worse it could be <laughs> not fighting it could be here and not fighting yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, yeah I remember even though like that 2013 like that, I think that was the first time they went where you had to um you had to weigh in in a toe back bottoms and t-shirt and I was like, yeah and I was a good bit under on the, the morning when I got up, I was like a good bit under. I was like, I don't know, 56.8 or so. I had a bit to play with. And uh, so I was sure I'll have a little bit of breakfast. And then um, I had only had a small bit, like I think I had a small bit of bacon and, that, and I had a, a glass of apple juice. And I was like, oh, shit, I, would, I wouldn't fancy, I wouldn't mind another glass of apple juice. And I got to the way in and it was 57.6. So it was like 0.1. It was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another walk, a walk around the park, go walking for it, went walking for eight minutes and came back and thankfully when I stepped on, because I didn't check before I stepped on for the second time. So I was just kind of praying that uh, I hope I'm on weight here. And yeah, t- thankfully it said 57.45. So I was like just inside. So like, yeah. That would have been a, <laughs> that would have been a great one if the two, if the two of us had went and uh, not, not I, got the fight. I know. We bring a shame on Shannon. I know, yeah. <laughs> If the two of us had got, hadn't got had not got the fight, <laughs> disaster. Oh god, yeah. Okay, then so like, in twenty thirteen, how many fights did you have at that World Championships? I had a uh, five, five fights. Was that the first time you had five fights at a tournament, or did, had you had five before? 
I think for that World Cup in uh, Brighton, I had oh, about yeah. five or six the same. Yeah, but yeah, five five tough fights. Like so, it was. It's a lot. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and I was. I'd actually I had tonsillitis at the time as well, so I was like getting sick in between rounds, and it was a uh, yeah, it felt like a lot longer. And uh, like, who did you fight? Was there any like, standout names that you fought? I didn't say we were on at the uh, same time, so I didn't actually get to see you fight at that world. Yeah, <laughs> um, I thought Popovska would have been the the biggest one for me. Uh, that was in the semi-finals. So she was, she'd won the, I think the last three worlds before that. And like, I remember like as a little kid, I used to watch her videos on YouTube all the time. She like these highlight reels. Like, so yeah, that was, that was probably the biggest one for me. And then uh, Alona Omnichensk in the final as well was another tough one. Yeah. Did, did you find you had the kind of same thing as maybe New Zealand? Like when you were looking across the ring going, or, or like you were looking at the section going, oh, I know all these people I looked up, I was watching these people. Did you find you had any of that then fighting Kaprotska? Um, I think, no, I think I got that out of my system in New Zealand. And once I was in the ring, just treat them like any other person that I'd fight. Like, But yeah. I think that was kind of the lesson I learned from New Zealand. And then... Which well, like the semi-final, like you were kind of, you're on a roll, like as well, you know, maybe maybe the first round it would have been different, like, but kind of once you're out of the first round, you kind well, of... Well, yeah, once you're in the swing of things, you, you kind of... Yeah, that's that's what I was finding. The first round can always be the one that the one that can catch you. Like after that, you just uh, you just hit the floor. Yeah, if you have a slow start at all, you're like, oh. But um, yeah, you kind of pick up momentum as you go, like through the rounds. Yeah, like they didn't did they do that? They didn't do that final on center, did they? No, they did it. Um, they had a break, like twenty minute break or something, and then just went straight into it, which I nearly prefer. I nearly when they put it in the gala sometimes and stuff, you like all day to think about it and whatever. I feel like when you're in the flow of it, I kind of prefer just to get it done. Yeah, but even like not just like even if it's not in the gala, like just just move it to center. See, was, that's what I was saying. Even in Germany, like we're having semi-finals and final. There was two world finals and you got at the same time at opposite sides of the, the the arena. You couldn't watch both. You had to pick one, and you nearly didn't know was it the final and or is that a yeah? That's like. Put it on the centre and let everybody know like this is the final of this section. You That's what I found was quite nice about the the Wacker Worlds because they do all the first rounds and second on different days. Then the last day was just all semi-finals and finals on the one ring and you can watch them all one after another. So that that was it's quite a nice way to do it. Like that would have been different actually in Germany if they put them all on the one ring semi-finals and finals. Like if they had decided not to like to put them on a different day, but put them all on like put them all on centre. That would have been a bit different. Yeah, yeah. What did you What did you think of fighting the What do you think of fighting the semi-finals and finals on different days, or even like that in Wacko, um, like fighting on you know one fight a day? How do you What do What do you think of that? For me personally, I don't like it. I can see why they do do it, but uh, as I said, I kind of get my momentum going. And I like to just keep going with it. But uh, I suppose it kind of bit. But then you got I suppose you got more time to recover. You probably fight better if you had that day of rest or whatever as well. So. Yeah, it's pros and cons to it, I suppose. Yeah, like at the at the worlds in Germany, what day what day did you fight? How long did you have to wait from like your first couple of rounds to the semi final? Like, did you have, how many days did you have off? Um, I just had the one day. I was on the next day again. Yeah, so I fought I think on Friday, and then the the semi event was on Saturday. Yeah, she always kind of the, the same as. I've said because I've asked a couple of people that I've had on like Katrina and Magma what they thought, and I was saying like I was kind of the. I was the same. Like I fought the the Friday evening, so it was like last fight on that ring or second last fight on the ring, and so it was like get changed, get on the bus, go get some food, wake up the next morning, go fight. So it's like it wasn't like much time to think about it. It was like you know it was like a break, a rest, sleep, get up and go again. But I think yeah, if you fought, if you had to wait two days, there were some of the juniors that got to the semi final on the Thursday, and we then weren't fighting again until the Saturday. So I think that's maybe. That, that could be a, a bit different to only having to wait the one day. Yeah, yeah, that, that extra day longer. To think about yeah, it, <laughs> build it up. I know, that's the thing, like, you're just kind of on autopilot when you're in there going through the rounds, but I think when you have, like, that overnight, think about it, it's, it's a different story. Yeah, but I think as well, the rest was good, if you had, 
if you had a tough draw, I think the break would have helped. Like if you had a couple, if you had a tough match, like if you had a tough quarterfinal and you're going into a tough semi-final, the break could have been good. So that's why I kind of felt I felt like I had a tough quarterfinal and then I was going into a tough semi-final. So like the break in between to kind of uh, think about it, like reset, like get a rest, and uh, then go again was kind of I felt it was a bit better, but yeah, like um, I would like to see all the finals on centre though. <laughs> It'd be nice, yeah. I feel like oh, like especially like I remember in Ireland, like you know, there's just just everything was happening all the time. Like you miss so much, or your friends' fights, or like of the team. It'd be nice to actually just sit down and watch them all at once. It'd be, that would yeah. be nice. How did you find actually the worlds in Dublin? Like with the waiting, like what what number with the kind of the order of the finals? What number fight were you? I was third, third final up. So I was after Katie and Maeve. Would you and prefer then, uh, first? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think so because I think uh, obviously like we're we're all really close friends. So I think you kind of get even without trying to like I was trying to switch off, but like you're very emotionally invested in and how they're doing and then how theirs went. Like, or I think I just went first and didn't. Yeah, yeah. I went. I went second. So like Adam went first, and you kind of felt like I think everybody would have felt like yeah, yeah. He's there's not not really a doubt he's going to win. So I think that was kind of good. Uh, I didn't get I didn't have to I didn't feel like I had to watch that too much like um yeah but I didn't want to go out I remember like I said to Adrian I was like oh, no I don't I don't want to go out to the ring too early you know and be standing there <clears throat> and then uh and having to get get caught up like in him winning and like you know the kind of celebrating thing going on I was like no I just want to focus here like and just 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 get it like walk out walk into the ring and just get it done like don't be hanging about yeah but just to not get distracted would like that thankfully yeah i mean i'm in second and i thought that then so i got to i got to watch ryan's fight i got to watch Colum's fight yeah i wouldn't uh After, yeah yeah go on go on last yeah, it's hard not to like you just get so caught up in it all it's like it's hard to like just switch off <laughs> pretend they're not there yeah and then like that's fine until it's like they're the referee's going like you know hong chong and it's like oh shit that's me i have to step i was like oh yeah i'm fighting now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like but like between after twenty thirteen and like you took a bit like you took a, went on a bit of a hiatus, I suppose, a bit of a break. Was yeah, a- like in my head, I think at the time I was like, Oh, I just want to win worlds and then that's all I've ever wanted. I'm I'm done or whatever, but like that didn't last very long. So I went travelling for a bit, like went to Thailand and I was doing like oh I miss fighting the miss hitting things, so I started doing bits of Muay Thai and I was like that like tied me by for a bit. And then I went over to New Zealand and I was uh, I was living with Master McPhail actually. So I was coaching for him and then I obviously got back into training and doing bits then. And uh, I, they were nice enough to let me train with their national team over there. They were preparing for the Worlds in 2015. So like once I was in that environment, I was like, oh no, I missed it. I need to come back. So uh, yeah, moved back to Ireland then and started training and start, started all back again. Yeah, but then you started, you started training in Dublin then. Was, uh, did you find yeah, out? Yeah, in Clare for like I don't know maybe eight or nine months and then uh, I moved up to moved up to Dublin and I, re- I was training up there for two years two, two years three years two or three years yeah t- till the Wales and Ireland anyway yeah did it take a bit of time to like adjust to maybe different training a different training schedule like it was different to what it would have been before the Worlds in you know uh, in 2013 so like you weren't kind of going back into the same same kind of yeah, setup sorry. yeah yeah it was yeah, yeah. like the setup in Dublin is quite different because it's like they have their club sessions which you'd go to maybe once a week or twice a week and then they'd have I think there was maybe 11 or 12 of us because they've got such a bigger club there's 11 or 12 of us on the national team that would uh, train separate to that as well as your one-on-one so like yeah it's quite a different setup because they have such a such a big club and so many people on the national team it was yeah it's quite different yeah and you kind of then because like obviously around Clare and that kind of area, there isn't any wacko clubs, kickboxing clubs that uh, you could train in. But like in Dublin, then you had the, the chat. There's obviously much more of a, a pick for that. So then you kind of took up a bit of that then as well. Yeah, yeah. I started doing it. Not, not as regularly as I was doing the taekwondo, but I, I did do a good bit of the, the kickboxing. And uh, yeah, I enjoy it actually. I hopefully will find a club over here as well and get back into that type of things. But uh, yeah, it was very different. At the start, I thought, oh, like, it's pretty much the same as Taekwondo, you're just punching and kicking people, but like there is, there's just a huge difference like once you, once you start doing it. Yeah, especially with the, sm- with the smaller ring. <laughs> yeah, 
it's a bit easier. Yeah, so the one mat difference, it's a, it's a big difference once you're in there. Yeah, what well, well, Because you started training in uh, Spartan kickboxing, wasn't it? Did you, you switch then? Spartan, you? Yeah, yeah. I, I spent a couple of months in Dublin when I was on placement for university, so I started training there then. But then I, I lived a bit further away. So that's a, mostly a points-based club. And uh, so I was training with them for a bit. And then with uh, Robbie Haas, so the same place that Adam and Ryan, Shelley were training and all in there. So there was, yeah, there was a lot of taekwondo heads in the club already. And I... Yeah, yeah, I started training there now. And doing bits of John Mackey as well. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it would have been a help. Like, uh, there was a, a mix of Taekwondo people there as well. That uh, kind of were trying to blend the two styles together, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, Adam Ryan, Cullum was there, Ellen Ince, Keen Ince. Yeah, a lot, of t- a lot of Taekwondo heads there. <laughs> but uh, like the. Uh, it was 2015, and so they, you're, you didn't, you didn't, you missed the tournaments in 20. No, you're back for the Euros in Scotland, weren't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, so I'd miss missed the Worlds and stuff. I think I only came back from traveling kind of in the summertime, and then went to went to Scotland. I think I took a bronze inspiring there, and then what was it? 2016 then was what was 2016 World Cup Budapest. Um, that was good. We won the. It was the first time we'd won like the senior. It was the first time we'd uh, won the female team sparring for that, and uh, we actually went the whole way through without losing a match, which was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty class actually. Yeah, yeah. especially considering like it was probably it was probably wrapped up after you know maybe the three. If you'd won the first three matches, it was probably close to being being finished. Um, yeah. So then to still win the fourth and fifth fight, like that's. It can be tough, you know, like to if the whole match is over, but you still have two fights to go or a fight to go. It can be hard to to still get the win, because you're going out knowing it's it's not the it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's not the all end all. Yeah, this is a massive change. Obviously, in 2011, being the only senior female to now having such a selection that you can put anyone on expect four flags, like yeah, because like there was well, I think. As you said, the first couple of years, like you would have been on the team. First, there was the first couple of years I was on the team. Like there pretty much wasn't a senior female team. So yeah, some some change to winning world cup, winning world gold, winning world championship medals, European championship medals. It's <laughs> yeah, some change. Yeah, now now there's big competition for it. Like it's you'll have to you have to earn your earn your place in the team. Whereas before, it's just trying to get five girls together. Did you, did you ever find like the, did that ever put did that ever put you off in taekwondo being sometimes the only girl? Um, I suppose like that first tournament in the in New Zealand, like I think that's a time as well, like when you're going into college and stuff. Like a lot of a lot of females, especially I think, kind of drop out around then. But uh, no, I wouldn't put me off as such. But like I finally enjoy it a lot more now, having all the girls around and like it's just more fun. Like you have like a, a network of friends. And yeah, it just makes it's like going on holiday with your friends then as well. Whereas before, I suppose that was missing a bit. Yeah, yeah, like I know I had that like the just like in kind of the change over like from 2017 when a lot of the lads kind of dropped out. It kind of it wasn't as enjoyable for a, a bit of time because yeah, you know the people are doing it with like you kind of the ones that were there when I was doing it with them before it was, they weren't there anymore. So it's kind of like ah, this isn't as much crack now, but it's. Uh, it's picked up again. Like I've got the buzz back in there, you know, for but uh, which I suppose I could see like the way you had it, like in New Zealand, where if you being the only female, it's like even just somebody to talk to that isn't male. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, big change since then. Nice. Yeah, but like, but even like as a kid, like as a color belt, I suppose there was always kind of there was always really girls in the club, though. I suppose so that wasn't ever really a, a problem. Yeah, yeah. Growing up, there was like there was a decent amount of girls. Um, but yeah, even I suppose uh, yeah, me and Sky then kind of me, Sky, Rachel, black belts made it through. Yeah. So um, yeah. So because I think like that's it's a thing with other sports. Obviously, like, there seems to be a bit of a drop off sometimes with uh with uh with the with females in some sports. Like especially like you said around that time when um you go to college. Do you think actually going to college kind of local like you know being able to get to the club regularly 
did that help? Like if, you, if you moved to Galway or, Galway or something like that, do you think that would have affected your, your training? I think so, but I think I always choose the, choose like where I'm going to make sure I'm near Taekwondo Club. Like I've, I only ever uh, can't speak now. I only ever would have went somewhere where I was near Taekwondo Club. Like that was like <laughs> nearly my main priority, not the course. It was like, can I still train? Like even when I moved here to my post grad, I was like, okay, I was Taekwondo Club near. When I moved to London, Taekwondo Club. I'm like, <laughs> I'm always looking to see is there somewhere where I can train. But uh, yeah, I think obviously if you're I think a lot of people there yeah if you go to places where there's not such a big taekwondo community it must be hard and that would probably lead to drop out a bit yeah so i think once you're yeah once you, so it's, our course is what four years if you're four years without regular training then very hard to come back from you're not coming back yeah yeah that is kind of part of it like as well why most of the girls are in dublin because they're able to you know they can stay at home they can go to college and they can still go training whereas if you're if you're moving out of, I think if you're moving out of home, it can be kind of hard to to stay training. If you're able to go home, uh, go to the club, and or go and then go to college and stuff, that that does help. Yeah, yeah. If you can if you can fit it all in, then you're you're in a lot better position. Yeah, but you, you didn't like. I suppose you you, you didn't live at home going to college, like did, did you? You didn't, did you? No, no. I moved out to Limerick. Yeah, so. Well, it'd have been like it's close enough to like you could yeah. have been, you know, <laughs> I probably didn't need like, to but yeah like getting home wasn't the problem like it wasn't a a big ordeal to go home <laughs> yeah I could drive training every night and then having uh, Adrian working in in our university as well was very handy uh, yeah <laughs> yeah big help um, so like then the world's in 2017 would you say the Worlds in 2017 was the best tournament you've been at? Yes, yeah, definitely. Like in terms of organisation, like the atmosphere, just having like all the athletes staying in the one place was just like such a different feel to all the others where you have to hop on a bus and like, you, got, you know, you had the like Olympic athlete village kind of feel like it was, yeah, it was nice. And then obviously having like, obviously for us, we had all our family and our friends there and yeah, that was, yeah. That was the yeah. I thought that was just that was definitely different. Like, I suppose like you, especially if you like. I think some of your like you had friends that kind of came along as well. Like, did you have to watch? Yeah, the whole school. I used to train a, a primary school class, and then like thirty boys <laughs> of them came coming screaming. So it was a that was a strange one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then yeah, just friends and housemates and family. It was yeah. It made it feel nearly more ordinary because you're seeing these people every day and then it's just in City West where you've been loads of times before. It was weird, like, not hopping on a plane and, like, in a different country. Like, yeah, it was it was strange, but nice. Yeah, I found that even as well, like, like arriving a, a day early and uh, setting up the mats and stuff, it was kind of like I was there before uh, there was any look of a tournament, like, and it was kind of like, you know, you were helped setting it up, like, it's kind of when it kicked off, like, it kind of it didn't feel as big, like, because it was nearly, you saw a little bit behind the scenes kind of a thing, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's like that. It's like you would have had an Irish tournament, like if you had put out the mats, like if you if you helped with the setup, and that it's a uh, it, it kind of took the the big feel off it. But yeah, that, like definitely, I think a lot of people I've chat, chatted to, like they've said, yeah, the Worlds in Ireland was uh, the best tournament they were at. But um, I suppose like I suppose probably Benidorm though probably uh, holds a little bit more in your heart because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah results-wise, um, yeah, Benidorm would be. It'd be pretty up there. Did you find it weird fighting somebody from Ireland in the final at Worlds? Because like fighting Lindsay, or did it, or did it not? Or did you even notice it? Because it was just like I'm fighting Ukraine. Yeah, I suppose because she hadn't trained in the the years leading up to it, it I it didn't feel like I was fighting someone. But uh, I've had it a lot. Like I'd, myself and Sarah and Ellen and stuff would have been fighting each other a lot in the lead up. So, was, but um, yeah, there was. We were lucky though. I think we had what four four girls get to the final as well. We didn't didn't quite put it off as well as the boys, but yeah. Or did you not, did you not, was it not five girls? Oh, five, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Five. five so, you forget because yeah. the two are in the same one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, like <laughs> after that, like we were kind of going like I was thinking, it was like Jesus, if we if we get anywhere near that, like four finals, we'd be going well. Like so, yeah. 
I wasn't thinking like I oh, yeah, will rack up, will will beat that now, or, or anything like we get, we get four gold medals, because as well like the juniors had done had done class as well. So and it was mostly, I think there was only one senior female section to go, and then it was all the senior male sections on the on the on the Saturday. And yeah. So it's like all, all the spared, all our sparring groups, like our divisions had done well, like senior females, the junior male, junior female, did all done savage. So I was like, Jesus, we're well up against it here to pick up some to pick up some good medals and uh managed to do it like so that was a that was a buzz like yeah yeah and then the well, team's wearing them like the the cherry on top yeah that was class as well like that it was just that that was just an unreal week like to win all this but like get to world number one basically on sparring yeah yeah it was actually yeah but as well because like, it was class as well because you knew going into it like obviously the the senior males had won the two before that, so it was like they were going for three in a row. But it was kind of like that. It was kind of not the first worlds, but it was kind of the, the worlds you're looking at going like this is probably the best team that we could put out. Like and like that, there was even people who didn't get on the floor. It was like the first time you had really a, a selection of senior females. Like so, you were really looking at going into that one is like yeah, we, there's a legit chance of winning a gold medal. Like so, to to then actually pull it off was uh, was class. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty, like we'd, we'd won the World Cup, so we'd confidence going in because of that. But like in a World Championship, I think we'd only ever gotten as far as bronze before, and just just about had a team. But yeah, I think the coaches had a, a tough choice, even choosing who to who to put on the team. Like yeah, like all the time before that, it was well, we have six, so the team picks itself. It was going kind of the first one where there was actually selection to go. Oh well, some people are going to be a little bit disappointed here and knock it on the floor. Yeah. But that's kind of it's kind of what you need. Like the senior lads had out of the four gold medals that we had from the individual, like t- two of them weren't on the team. You know, myself and Colin weren't on the team. Like so, there isn't many yeah. that get to do that and go. Oh yeah, we're going to leave two guys who just won the world yesterday. We're going to leave them off, but we're still going to go on and win the gold. Yeah, crazy. After that, like I went then, like I went teaching for teaching for Mighty Fist for a while. Yeah, I went on one of my uh, uh, traveling sprees. <laughs> so I went, to, went over to yeah, to Bridget and Jason over in... Because I did the Mighty Fist Cup with them in 2016. And then I did mention before, like, if you ever ever fancy coming and coaching, doing a bit for us, let, let us know. And then I kind of finished up with the job I was in afterwards. Because like, I meant to do the primary teaching the year before. I went over to England, did all the interviews and stuff. And then once I found out the world's going to be in Ireland, I just put it on hold, cancelled it, wasn't going to go to the course. It's like, I, I want to obviously want to be in Ireland and fight for Ireland for the world's in Ireland. So then I was like, oh, I applied for it again afterwards. Like kind of like that year in between where I went over to them then. Yeah, so I was coaching in California for a bit and got to nip down to Queens, take on a club in New York and trained with them for, they did two two summers where I'd nip down, did bits of training with them, which was good as well. So yeah, I'm lucky I've, I've got to like train a lot of different places now between New Zealand and America and all over. So yeah. Yeah. No, it was a nice way to experience California, like train a bit of Taekwondo and, and teach Taekwondo and, and you're in California. So yeah, yeah, that's it. Like a massive, massive club. Like I think there's seven classes on a day, like, and uh, it's huge. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, well, you obviously weren't teaching all seven. <laughs> you obviously weren't teaching all seven. Uh, they were all waiting like an hour and a half. Like I was doing four days a week of doing the seven, but like you're not like the. They had like a couple instructors, so do you know if you need to go take a break or whatever. But yeah. But was that easier work than the work you would have done on the when you did a J one? When I did the J one. Uh, <laughs> was it was it was it easier work like teaching some taekwondo classes that was easier work than than you, you would have had to do like doing the day one like yeah 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 probably more enjoyable more enjoyable for sure what the you went to uh make sure i was the right one american kickboxing academy then didn't you aka yeah i randomly i started doing it like yoga i said i'd give that a go because as you know i'm not the most flexible and uh i met this guy was a fighter there and he's like he he trained there he's he's had two of two ufc fights since actually and uh but he was like oh come come train so i did did a few sessions there with them which is, didn't, uh, meet, yeah, didn't, meet big names, though. didn't meet any beat like khabib daniel cormier didn't meet any of those guys 
no, they didn't seem to be there and I any of the times I was there. But uh, yeah, I could see all their photos on the wall and everything like and Yeah. I think he would have trained he would have trained with them and that, but um yeah. Yeah, because it looks like a class gym in pictures anyway. It looks like a savage kind of setup. Yeah. Yeah, the facilities like that, it's massive, massive, like there's so many different rooms and different bits and bobs in there. Yeah, it's good, some different yeah, savage experience, I suppose. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it could it could have been a there could have been a worse summer you could have had, California, exactly, yeah. and uh, down to AKA. Yeah, then I actually I went on to South America after that, and I was training with, um, uh, Gabriel that I'd met in at the Mighty Fist Cup. So I was training in Colombia, and then Valerie and her dad were over from Norway, so I got to train with them a bit. And yeah, like it's mad. Anywhere you go in the world, and you can you can train. Find something, yeah. I thought because I don't think like I was pretty much on it, yeah. I haven't went traveling like that, so it's pretty much I haven't. I wouldn't say I've jumped around too much, like it's a lot of trend in Ireland, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've yeah. just got the bug. <laughs> Do you find training any different than all those places, like, or is it kind of fairly similar? It's, I know, yeah, yeah, there is. I think it is quite different. Some bits are obviously very similar, but like just just different methods and attitudes and. Yeah. Do you find a language barrier trying to train in those places? Actually, it's not as much of an issue as you would think. Like, um, Dolly or Shaggy is Dolly or Shaggy. Yeah. It's really a bit <laughs> then you just watch what everyone else is doing and going in. Just watch. Guess what, guess what they were looking for. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... And then, like you're, because you're living, like you're living in London now and uh, working there. So, what, where you, where you, where you training now? So at the moment, I'm training um, in the De Silva Academy. So with Johan De Silva. Um, it's funny. There's Shane O'Rourke as well as here, who's also from Shannon, where we're from, and uh, we've just had uh, Axel and Emilio. Well, they're still over. They're stuck here because of Corona, but. Uh, are they? Uh, is that, is that yeah. what like they're stuck? Because I remember like talking to him at the Warrior Open and he said he was going to be here for two weeks. So then I just wasn't sure like did they decide to extend or stay a little bit or were they told like <laughs> Yeah, I think you're staying you know, here. Was able to fly back because his flight was like a few days earlier, but well, yeah, I know they're I think they're stuck here now <laughs> for however long. Did they know like how long or I don't think so, no. <laughs> haven't haven't talked to them too much since, but uh, yeah, I know they were going to the consulate to try and try and sort it out, but <laughs> must be strange. Yeah, be strange you... for uh, for Johan. Just, he's just got himself two housemates. That's it. Yeah, well, at least they have the they have the academy, so they can go in and do a bit of a bit of training amongst themselves. Yeah, because like, even just for money, like just to be told, oh yeah, you're you're staying here for indefinitely. Enjoy. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Like, suppose they're actually lucky that that uh, like, Johan is able to give them a place to stay. Because if they were looking at, uh, you would want to be renting. Yeah, there's no my- like, there's there's feckle hotels because a bus actually crashed into my house last week, and they were like, you need to find somewhere to stay. And I was like looking obviously at hotels and stuff, but like so many of them were obviously not open. I was like, I stayed with a friend in the end, but um, yeah. How like, there's come, how did a bus come through your apartment door? It's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, there's another car involved and uh, he hit the accelerator instead of the brake and went full force into the, yeah, into the impairment. It was like, it was the, the shops below me. So, but because I wasn't in, I was at work, they like bust down all the doors and they didn't know if it was safe to stay in, but yeah, uh, they seem to think it's safe now and back. So. Imagine if you were sitting in the apartment, you're sitting there chilling. I know. I was like any other day, I only work one day a week and it was the day I was, I was at work and, uh, if I'd have been, because yeah, it's literally in my, my bedroom, my living room, it's right in between the two, it, it crashed. So I would have been, <laughs> would have been quite the shock. Ah, uh, yeah, like that's, that's pure your luck though, no? That's kind of, that's, that's a pure. I know, especially during coronavirus, and obviously pure people you, want to be invited to have hotels closed. <laughs> yeah, that's a pure, that's a, a definitely a Louise story. Like, oh yeah, just a bus came through my apartment. Yeah, life is blue. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you any plans to uh, to maybe compete for England? Um, I don't know. I was when I was in Birmingham. I was in Birmingham, living in Birmingham when I was training for the Wales in twenty nineteen, and I flew back for all the squads and training and stuff like that. Like, 
it's a lot a lot of extra expense and stuff but like I'm just I suppose when you've built up that connection like like I have with like my coach Adrian and like the, I don't know I find it I think I find it weird to fight for another country so so no probably not <laughs> if they could swing it that you could compete for England but Adrian could coach you well, would that do it <laughs> I don't know yeah that would maybe but I'd still miss all my teammates and it'd be weird like you could be against them in the first round you won't be able to do team sparring with them and like I don't know I know I still think still think Ireland eventually I might give in but no probably not no yeah, well, I think there was a time like Eddie was doing patterns before, and he there was a there was a clash. I think it was Bennett Arm, and I think Keel Ramboot stepped just sat in the chair for him for a second because you have to have a coach as well for patterns. So like yeah, so that was fine. So what would be the difference if you were competing for England and you had Adrian sit in the chair for you? Yeah, true. <laughs> don't know how they'd feel about that, but. <laughs> I don't know if it actually went noticed that it wasn't an Irish coach sitting in the chair when Eddie did it, like, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. If you you might be able to get away with it if they don't notice, but if somebody notices, they might kick up a fuss. Yeah, yeah, probably. I just even the training, like I love I love our squads and like the, the and we've got like such a good team to train with and fight with and the build up. It, yeah, it'd be very strange. Even like staying with a different team and hotel and all, be weird. And how how often are the squads in um in England then? I'm not sure actually. Um, I haven't been to any. They're, uh, I'd say they're similar to us every second or third weekend. Yeah. Well, see, I was talking. Like, Magomed said they only have squads like every once every six months nearly. Really? Is that just because of like travel and stuff? Or. I think that's part of it, yeah, because he said for him, if he for him to get to the squads, it's an hour flight. So I suppose that's part of it. But I still, it's just because of the way we do it. Yeah, but I think it's because the way we do it, like you know, with the squads every couple of weeks, I think you nearly just assume that, like, oh, yeah, everybody's doing that when they don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like American stuff, they must. They can't have them often, surely. But they'll probably have to have more regional ones. Or... Yeah. I suppose you would even look at like Ru- Russia. You're not going <laughs> to... I'm just going to nip over to the other side for... Yeah. I think that's why... I think it's like for their team patterns teams as well. Like that's how they pick it. They pick it kind of... They get people that are kind of fairly close that could potentially train together. They don't have people from the other side of the country trying to practice a team pattern. Yeah, yeah, God, actually, didn't even think of that through Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I could try and get the split going, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see somebody try and do it. Yeah, maybe they wouldn't now with this corona. If people are left in lockdown for long enough, they'll get inventive. Yeah, is um, is Johan running any classes through through Zoom? Um, I think I think it's something he's working on at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think that is the plan. There seems to be plenty online anyway. Loads of people are, are throwing up bits. I'm just, I'm lucky I've got a kettlebell and some weights here. So I've got that running. And then the days I'm in work, I can get one of the lads to hold pads for me. So, yeah. What I miss, what I miss as much as anything is not even just hitting something. It's actually getting hit as well as... Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. There's just something like about like... That's just part of it. Like, it's like going over, you know, getting a smack and then hitting somebody at a smack. is like that, that, that's... that's yeah. Like I know. I was like, the longest I'm ever gonna go without hitting someone or something, because like I don't even don't even have a punch. Like at home, I've got like a punch bag and bits and that. But like here, I'm like, oh my god, when can I hit someone? And like, would you will you train at home now? Like, will you pick up that kettlebell? Yeah, to be fair, I've been doing a bit each day. Like the first week, I wasn't that motivated. Then I kind of this weekend, I was like, cop on. I need a routine, and I, I've been doing bits. Yeah, I find it. I do find it's it hard, hard without a goal. Like when you're not training for like a specific competition, or you don't know when this is going to end, it's like it's hard to motivate yourself. But just trying to keep like that base level there, so when when this is over and I am competing, that I can just yeah. Like I find it hard to train at home. I just I think getting up and having to go to the club, like go to the gym, is like that. It kind of just gets you in the the right mode. Like you know, just yeah, it's too it easy to not train at home to just go and. Um, 
I almost go. I'll go a trend on about twenty minutes, and then like the twenty minutes are gone. Oh yeah, like you know, at least ten minutes I'll go there. I'll do a bit, and then like the day's gone, and like oh, I didn't actually go on trend there at all today. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you just have too much time, and it's just like yeah, I'm saying because I I went and bought all like from my home house in Ireland, like got like a barbell and all this gym equipment. I was like, I'll just do it from home. There's no point in me driving half an hour to go to the gym, but. It's just not the same because you're not in the same environment and atmosphere and other people around. I never used to train at home, so I ended up selling it off and just joining a gym because, like, just, I never use it. Yeah, yeah. Like I haven't done, I haven't done a whole lot because, like I said, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm refusing to run. Um. So then, and then anything else is like that. My motivation is is hired to to do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm not doing a huge amount, but I'm just doing a, like a little, say, forty minutes a day keep me ticking i've gotten very inventive with my cooking that's what i've been doing inventive like curry is it veg curry <laughs> yeah i made it well i made a fish curry the other day i've been making uh, my chicken taco lettuce taco things yesterday i said i make one healthy meal and do 40 minutes a day that's that'll do me for now what's on the menu for today then uh, tofu weirdly enough giving that a chance I got um, it's this mindful chef it's like this box so they deliver you all the stuff so I'm actually not really being that inventive I'm copying their recipes but um, yeah <laughs> I'll keep you updated I'll do yeah it's been great though because I get on my mat like, I'm not doing much cooking at all like, my mum's ma- like, doing all the cooking pretty much so it's been great yeah usually from training like she's working and i have the classes to go to and teach and stuff and training and that so i was like i'll be cooking for myself now i have barely cooked anything for myself the last two weeks it's been great <laughs> we waited then i know i was very tempted to come home for a while like it was hard to know it's like stay over here or to come back to ireland and i was like at home i was like i'm a punch bag my dog i can be fed but i was like oh it's better be on the safe side and stay here yeah that's I think there's a couple of like a lot of people with the same kind of thing like nearly prefer to be at home with family but it's kind don't of risk it at the same time yeah stay where you are not ideal i know and i've been around so many kids for so long and like obviously the kids reminded now are like the the kids with nurses and stuff who are dealing with it every day so i was lucky that's probably high risk so yeah but before we uh kind of well, actually uh you started a club then in London. Like, how's the club going? I did, yeah, yeah. I used to have one in um, in Limerick. Thomas Fogarty is running it now, um, and I enjoyed that. And then I uh, I set one up just just in the school I'm working in Shepherd's Bush. So yeah, I was enjoying that till t- Corona ruined it. Just like just for kids. Um, so four to four to seven year olds in one no four to six year olds in one class and seven to eleven in in the next. Yeah, uh, they're doing well. Are you going to do anything online or are you just going to kind of look at sharing what other people are doing? Yeah, I wasn't sure like um, how that would go. I think because we just had three weeks left in our term and just, but yeah, I might send on a, a few bits and bobs for them to do. A lot of them are in my actual school class as well. So I'll put it along on their Google Classroom, do this. It won't be too hard to kind of uh, keep them engaged then because like when they go back to school, they get to see you. It's kind of the challenge, I think. Yeah. Like we kind of yeah, have get a bit more tech savvy now as well yeah like, like the challenge that we have in a couple of other clubs that if you don't keep if you don't keep any bit of engagement while they're, while they're off they will probably won't come back so <laughs> to keep, yeah keep them pestered a small bit but like you said if mostly you're you're going to see most of the ones in the club anyway so when you go back to go back to work and go back to school and that so mightn't be too hard ask them yeah we're training this week <laughs> yeah exactly you can nag them <laughs> Uh, like I've been asking um, I've been asking people over the last couple of podcasts uh, who would you say is your favourite fighter of all time favourite oh, fighter gosh. or even it doesn't have to be taekwondo it could be uh, boxing MMA kickboxing any sport favourite fighter of all time oh my god you didn't prep me for this one um, <laughs> I have a few um, it changes a lot like I think uh, when I was like the first person that we all saw to become a world champion was Luke Wood. So, like, growing up, I would look to him. I remember when I was, like, a little girl, I used to always um, used to email Julia Cross, and she used to, like, send me advice and stuff. Um, so I think growing up, those who I looked up to a lot. And then, obviously, Catch Sullivan, who doesn't. Um, yeah, there's just so many now. So many talented fighters. 
from around like would you be able to pick like just if they even have just a, a favorite athlete is there one favorite athlete, like across any sport like a kind of like a sport and hero um god just one um no <laughs> no joking no. <laughs> i don't know hard, yeah hard to pick just one i read gsp's uh, book the other day that was quite interesting yeah was it good would you recommend yeah, it? Really? i would i would recommend my my pick it up and have a have a read do you use the time now <laughs> lots of time yeah <laughs> but uh no i think we'll actually wrap it up it's uh it's been good to chat to you like oh, uh yeah thank you thanks for having me on like i said uh ho- hope you, you keep uh you keep well and we get back training soon because uh like i said i miss hitting things and i miss getting hit <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully i'll be back in shannon soon for circle of death the circle of death yeah it's a bit of <laughs> say, like that's what i'm missing that's exactly what i'm missing is that i know it's like a love hate thing i was like you hate it but you but you love it at the same time you love it when you're finished yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh look you got through an hour of talking and like i don't think you've uh you've made a, a fool of yourself yeah i know you're serious <laughs> i was telling you about my uh past experiences in radio which uh, didn't go well but uh yeah come a long way since <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you've done, you've done all right. It'll be good. I'm sure people will enjoy enjoy listening. So uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully I won't like uh, make your podcast flop. Few ones are going way down. It's only on the rise. It's only on the rise. But, uh, <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll leave it there, and uh, all the best. Perfect. Thank you.